Welcome to Safety Talk. Personal safety expert Pete Canavan shares his insights and interviews experts who provide simple and effective tips, techniques, and technologies to keep you safe and secure both online and off. Here's Pete. Hello, and welcome to Safety Talk. I am your host and personal safety expert Pete Canavan. I bring over 25 years of personal safety and online security experience as my role with this show. The, my company provides a range of personal safety and security solutions in both the digital world and the physical world. I do this through a variety of speaking and workshops, online courses, self-defense training, etc. So to learn more, you can always visit more. Visit uh, my personal website at PeteCanavan.com. Now, today's guest is sure to produce a popular episode. Uh, he is someone who shares my passion for safety with regard to technology. On this episode, we're going to cover technology safety, such as with your home or business's security and its interconnected devices, and really how that can, you know, really goes hand in hand with your cybersecurity. Uh, this episode will be of major value to any individual or, and every company out there because you're about to learn about a company that takes in-depth looks at specific safety products and produces reviews of them so that you can make better buying decisions. So it's sure to be a great show, so we're going to get rocking here. So uh, Gabe Turner is director of content at a company called Security Baron, and they have a website that is dedicated to home security, cybersecurity, and the Internet of Things. Gabe has reviewed dozens of smart home security and cybersecurity products from home security systems and cameras to uh, VPNs, virtual private networks, and password managers. So if it's related to safety or security, Gabe is an expert. So it's my pleasure to welcome Mr. Gabe Turner to Safety Talk. Welcome, Gabe. Thanks for being on. Hey, thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. I'm excited. Absolutely. We're glad you're here because, you know, obviously the show's all about improving people's safety, improving their security. Uh, there's so many different ways we can do that through obviously things in the, the online world as well as, you know, different tools and technologies. And of course, you know, there's offline safety through uh, physical self-defense and things like that. So your company, Security Baron, is the first company I've had on that produces independent reviews of products. So I'm, I'm excited about that because, you know, we can really start educating our audience on some, you know, security do's and don'ts with regard to, to products. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, they're just, I mean, that market has really proliferated over the years. I mean, there's so many devices out there and you have you know, everything from your American companies that we're familiar with, like Amazon, Google, uh, in this space with, you know, all of the Chinese companies that are producing their own versions of these things and trying to get them into the American and European markets, uh, Canadian markets. So there's just, I mean, it's, it's really unfathomable the, the number of devices that are out there that you can choose from. And the number of devices that we keep putting on our home networks, that we keep putting on our, our business networks. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and the degree to which those are actually safe is up for debate. Yeah. And, uh, and I, you know, <laughs> we see stuff in the news all the time. You know, people who's, you know, just recently, you know, some of these ring cameras that were being hacked, uh, you know, the company saying, hey, man, it's not our fault. It's because these people had some really weak Wi-Fi security and, you know, passwords on their routers and things. And so that's something that, that is always a, a big problem because people, you know, it's tough, right? We all have a million passwords we have to remember or we got to write them down. And what do we do? You put them under the keyboard. You put them in a little black box in your office, in your desk. Uh, I tell people, you know, put them on your phone. Your phone is already secured with a password or a thumbprint or something like that. You know, put them somewhere secure. I have a a database program that I use in my office. I keep all my account information, everything in there from, you know, the, the email address they use to register to the usernames and the password. But it's tough, right? It's tough. So, uh, now, one thing that I do is I ask my guests to write down one sentence for me that describes the problem that they or their company solve in society, in business, or in the world. And it's a heavy question, right? Because it's one that really requires the guest to summarize what it is that they do, what it is that their company does. Now, in, in your case, Gabe, and with Security Baron, you had said that, that, quote, many people use unsafe practices when it comes to their general and cybersecurity. And that Security Baron helps them parse through these options to find the different devices and services that fit their needs. And so... I really like that and, and want to get your, your thoughts on that. And then, you know, we'll dive in with some of these more specific questions. Uh, absolutely. So I, I think that is the real issue is everyone 
you know, we all have to exist in this society. And, and unfortunately, at times, uh, it's not this uh, arena in which to exist. And we don't know exactly how we can make it safer. And, and, and in fact, we may be doing a number of things that injure uh, our safety, both in a uh, sense of uh, like what's going on in our online life, which, which is more often than not, sometimes even more important than what's going on in a physical sense. And we also have, of course, our own physical safety and security of our, of our property um, to worry about. So I, I think our mission at Security Baron is to help people get the right device or cybersecurity service that works for them. Um, just because, as we spoke on earlier, there are just so many things out there. And you know, not every um, product is a solution for each person. And so people have to be really cognizant of their situation. For example, I live in a brownstone in Brooklyn. Uh, and my needs are going to be very different than those of my parents who live in a uh, Nashville suburb. Um, and these are very, you know, different ideas. Um, it's funny is, uh, uh, you know, before I started running Security Baron, I worked um, as a financial regulator. I'm an attorney, actually, by trade. And I, um, I basically tried to make the, <laughs> the, the financial system safer. Um, but, you know, I'm, maybe it's a lost cause at this point. So, <laughs> so, so. So I, I turn I turn to uh, everyday people and businesses, um, and I really enjoyed uh, that pivot. Nice, yeah, because a lot of people are are overwhelmed by technology, right? There are so many things that can that come at us, right, through advertising and marketing, where it's like, oh, you know, you need this device, or you need this technology, or you should use this software, right? We see these things online all the time. We see these things on the television, when we're watching shows, the ads for different products and services that come up. And a lot of them sound great, right? They, it's like, wow, you know, I, I could probably use something like that. Mm. You know, how can I, you know, learn a little bit more about it? So uh, it may be a product that Security Baron has, you know, reviewed and they could take a look at your site, securitybaron.com and say, hey, you know, is this something that, you know, these guys are, have, have talked about? Have they taking a look at it. Is it something that maybe I should steer clear of, or is it something mm -hmm. that they heartily recommend? And you know, you've got, you just pointed out, depending on where you live, we'll change that too. You're going to have different security requirements living in a city versus in a suburb. You're going to have different requirements. Uh, if you have maybe family and children with a lot of you know, these devices like Xboxes and Playstations and their cell phones and their friends come over and they want the Wi-Fi password so they can jump on with their devices. And, and that stuff makes me cringe because it's like the last thing I want is another five or 10 devices on my network that I have no control over. Right. So I say, sorry, you got to use your, your, you know, your cell network, you know, where you're at my house, you know, I'll, I'll know my kids stuff because I control it and I can make sure that they're updated and they have different software on there. But you have no idea what could be on somebody else's device. What happens if that device is hacked and now you put it on your network and now you've got a security risk. So there's lots of different things. So I, I want to sort of start off with that. And that is, let's, let's take a look at businesses first. And I guess maybe we'll kind of, we'll segue into the personal side of it. But, and, and we talk about cybersecurity a lot, but in, what are you seeing in some of the, the common cybersecurity issues that businesses are facing today um so the main one has got to be phishing right so uh you know phishing is essentially people sending uh, an email uh, typically that um basically puts the, the 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 business associate on a fake website or maybe they even email a response back and they'll say oh um yeah, this is, we need your username and your password for X. And they maybe even come across using uh, uh, what appears to be a trusted email. But once they have that information, they can get into anything in the company. Uh, I know, you know, when I worked for the government, we had a number of trainings on how to prevent yourself from uh, following, like, you know, falling to these types of traps. And, you know, they sent to everyone. I mean, constantly there are uh, these phishing emails being sent out. I mean, people in my family constantly fall for <laughs> these types of things, despite uh, my efforts. And and you know they they, they come there. Some of them are quite sophisticated, and some of them are you know are rather crude. But a lot of them are successful. Well, Gabe, I'm sure you as well as I have had an email come across and gone, "Wow, that's a good one," right? Yeah. Because yeah. it's easy for even professionals to sometimes 
have to think twice about something that we receive, especially when it's got a company's official logos. It's Absolutely. got, like you said, it's got addresses that are that are seemingly valid. I always tell people, you know, don't ever click those links. But what you could do is just hover over the link, and it's going to exactly. tell you where that link is going. And if it says, you know, for example, uh, you know, let's say it's uh, a bank like uh, you know Chase.com or something. Uh, it may be not. It's going to, you know, some company uh, mm -hmm. chase.com, right? So it so may have something in the URL that has the name of the company that it's, you know, purporting to come from, but the actual domain is not. And some people right. aren't, you know, really savvy enough to understand it. Like, oh, it, it looks like it's coming from this company, but don't click it. <laughs> Never click it. Never click it. Um, you know, you know, banks try to some extent to tell people like, you know, we're never going to ask you for your PIN number. We're never going to ask you for your password. We're never going to do these things. Um, and unfortunately, uh, what people have shifted to, and I'm sure you've seen this, is a lot of people making these phone calls to people directly. Um, so it's now moved not only from this online phishing, uh, uh, you know, element, but people are actually calling people and trying to get this information so they can do the same thing. I've been talking about that because companies do the training on the threats from email or from websites. But like you just said, the human threat is often the one that works, right? So you get a phone call and it's easy for people to do this because they can go to like your company website. They can see who <coughs> the owners are and the treasurer or the VP or whoever, or maybe even the board of directors is up there and they can now call the company because the phone number's there. And say, hey, uh, Joe President asked me to get a hold of you because they need to know whatever. And uh, so-and-so also uh, is, is waiting for that information, right? Somebody on the board or whatever. So now the person on the other end of the line is saying, oh, geez, man, they're name dropping the president, the guy on the board. They said it's really important. You know, I better get right on this, right? And not thinking it could be somebody on the other end that's simply spoofing them and tricking them into thinking that it's a legitimate call simply because they're name dropping. Mm -hmm. And it's a very, very uh, common practice now because they're basically being able to circumvent the security in place by providing information either over the phone or by saying to that person, I'm going to send you an email. Your email address is, you know, uh, whatever accounting at your company.com, right? Oh yeah, that'll, that'll yeah. come to me. Okay, great. I'm gonna send you an email right now. Uh, make sure you follow the instructions on there and I'll get back to you in a couple hours. Okay, great. They get the email, they say, Oh, here's the information and they start acting on it. Uh Oh, <laughs> right. And before it's, you know, sometimes it can be too late before they realize it's, it's a problem. So always get that verification and you should always, and uh, my last episode, we had a guest talking about policies and procedures that companies have is have those policies and procedures in place that dictate how certain things work in your business, right? To, to prevent that sort of thing from happening. Yeah, uh, exactly. Um, I actually, I mean, there are a lot of directions I can go in from that. I have a couple of uh, friends based in Romania when, you know, Romania is kind of like the spot, not only for like the hackers, but also for the people that counteracted the cybersecurity groups. And they are trying to devise um, basically more effective trainings for companies because this is a real concern. I, I remember even when I was in government, you know, they're very boring seminars. No one wants to go through this entire process, but it's really the most important thing um, for the security of a company. Uh, you know, we're not in an age in which, uh, you know, someone's going to come and, and, and actually take over the company in, in, in some physical fashion, but people can do really extensive damage just with the right uh, username and information. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. It, it, unfortunately a lot of those trainings can be boring, and the people who are doing the people training need to inject some training. sort of I don't know if excitement's the right word, but um, something to make them a little bit more palatable, right? Maybe a little bit of humor, uh, some real world stories, you know, change things around a little bit so it's not just kind of preaching, you know, here's what you have to do, this is why you have to do it, we need to protect exactly. the company. Who cares, exactly. right? I mean, you should care, but the person's making it really hard to care, <laughs> right? Exactly. So exactly. It's, I, it, I, definitely, I definitely think that's a space uh, ripe for uh, disruption, for someone to really come in and, and make an effective uh, training for companies. 
Sure. And and that's something that, you know, that I do and something that, you know, other companies are out there doing and there, there's a huge need for it. And it, it's, it's important because at the end of the day, you have to protect the people in your employment. You have to protect your vendors, your customers, you know, that all of that data, everything that your company does from the, you know, the top level employees all the way down to the lowest level employees, plus even reaching out and, and protecting, you know, shareholders and board members and everything like that. Absolutely. So. I mean, that, that, as, a, as an attorney, that's always my thought process. It's like, where's the liability? And mm -hmm. you always want to, you know, give yourself as much space as you possibly can between you and, and, the, and the, the marker of like, okay, you are culpable for this, you know? And uh, so businesses are very much uh, responsible for making sure that that information is properly internalized uh, by their associates. So being an attorney, that really helps you because it has, you have a certain way that you can look at things that most people would not have, you know, looking at it from the liability, like, okay, how is this going to affect the liability of this, of my client? Right. Exactly. And what's that? Exactly. Exactly. Um, I, I was interested in you. You talked about uh, IOD devices and, and things of that nature. Um, and you actually brought up the ring case, uh, which has been really interesting and has kind of been all over the news um, and so, you know, Ring, Ring sent out a couple of responses, right? Um, so the first one was, um, you know, people, which is true, you know, essentially, if your information is compromised, and it's now uh, on a dark website that has everyone's information, what people are doing is they're basically running a checker, right? And the checker essentially is taking that information. So it's like you're John Smith at gmail.com. Your password is password one, two, three. And it's checking every website, every bank trying to get into your uh, account. I mean, it's just software that'll do that. So essentially people started adding ring to those chairs and it's like, Oh, I can get into a ring account now. So now I'm in a ring account. Um, that being said, and they sent this message, I think this morning or last night ring also um, started to tell people to put on, um, two-factor authentication, right? And even, something, and even something as simple as that is it's actually going to do a, a, a lot in terms of preventing people from uh, hacking into the ring. Because I've actually watched a few of those videos, and they're, they're, quite, they're quite frightening, frankly. I don't know if you've seen any of the videos. Of the, I did, with the one with the, the video in the girl's bedroom, and oh my the guy saying he's Santa Claus and stuff. And I'm thinking, oh, man, this is yeah, just very, crazy. Those are very scary videos. I can't imagine, you know, that's traumatizing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah. Long-term effects. So I, I do think that, you know, that there's a role for, for everyone to kind of realize, hey, let's take a step back and see what we can do to improve this entire situation. Um, and there, you know, there are a lot of, I, I honestly think relatively easy fixes um, for, for uh, you know, improving that element of the ring system. And, and really any system, everyone more or less is, is subject or vulnerable to the same types of attacks. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's talk about the security systems for a bit. Uh, what should somebody look for? Cause you, you review a lot of different products. What should somebody look for in a security system? So, so personally, uh, I like the ability to know uh, when, you know, you have points of ingress, right? You have points of entry uh, to your home and some are official like your door and some are less official, like your window. Right. And, you know, anytime I'm in my apartment and I uh, open up a window, uh, you know, I know that. Or someone's in my house and they open a window, I know. And I can say, oh, okay, what's happening right now? Why is this window open? Um, and I can check that from anywhere. Like, you know, I can be back home with my parents. You know, people are always in New York. So I constantly have people staying in my apartment that are my friends. And, uh, you know, oh, like, did they open that window because it's hot in, you know, the city? Or is someone actually trying to break into my apartment? And I can then look using any one of my cameras, um, you know, uh, that are trained on my door. And so I think it's really a mix of those, those entry points, um, sensors, and, and your cameras that really help you to know exactly what's taking place on your property. And, you know, that's going to change for each person. But for me, you know, I really do live in a one-bedroom apartment. So there are very few actual spots. But for my parents, my parents have to have a lot more, right? They live in the a garage. Uh, they've got a back door. I don't even have a back door in New York. They've got a back door. They've got a front door. They've got, I don't know, 30 windows around, you know, their house. They've got a, you know, uh, they've actually multiple side doors. Um, you know, it's the suburbs. And so they have to have 
uh, really just an expansion of all those elements. They also benefit from motion detectors, right? So they can actually uh, see what's going on and can kind of alert them ahead of the time. Because ultimately you want things to be preventative. You know, you want people to say, oh, you know, like this is what's going on right now. This is what's happening. Um, maybe I need to, you know, just check out another house. Let me, let, me, let me go somewhere else because this person is already ahead of the game. Um, and so that's that, securing the physical home, right? How right. about the business, right? Because businesses are obviously going to be oh, right. going to be different. Well, businesses, uh, you know, in, in New York, I always think about as the as the bodega thing. I always think about things as a bodega. You know, bodegas are your little corner stores, convenience stores in the city. And when you go in, you don't. I actually feel you feel very like you don't actually feel um, like you're being watched. But they have cameras on every single aisle. Mm-hmm. every single aisle. And, and, and I think that more businesses actually need to have this bodega approach. Um, they need to know what's in, and it doesn't have to be in your face with some businesses. You want it to be done. Some businesses you want people to know like, Hey, I'm being watched here. Uh, this information is going to go somewhere else. Um, you know, I always think about that movie, uh, <laughs> the, the town where they go and they rob banks and, uh, all they do what they, their whole thing is to like, just take the tapes out of the place, right? right. So some businesses, they may want to have a, a, a secure cloud storage server where that information is being sent so that if someone does come into the space, they're not dependent on that local server, that local storage on exactly seeing who was it, who came in. Um, and right, they can just and pick I, up the whole DVR and take it with them. Exactly. You have the DVRs, you're, you're ready to go. You know that you have that network. Uh, storage and and it's it. So you may want to have uh, an option. You might want to have both. And and there are a lot of systems that make that available for you. But for businesses, honestly, I, I do think just a solid and and basically you just cover every square inch of surveillance systems. And and there are a lot of affordable options out there uh, for doing that. Yeah, and you and you guys uh, and I've been pulling up this site uh, now and again as as we're as we're talking that uh, again, for those watching on video can see, for those that are listening to this audio only through a podcast network, you can uh, go to securitybaron.com and, and take a look at this. But you know, you got some great information about, you know, even where to place, you know, security cameras, you know, in your home, you know, how to understand the criminal, mm-hmm. some strengths of the different cameras, because obviously that's something that, you know, that's sort of a, of an information overload uh, sort of minefield for people. Oh, if absolutely. you're not familiar with terminology, right? How do you know, you know, how many megapixels and, you know, what's the field of view and, you know, I don't even know. And so these are some of the things that you guys explain on the website, which is great because it helps people get some, some good knowledge and background on some of the features they may want to consider when they're shopping for a system instead of just going and buying something off the shelf because it's got eight cameras, they want eight cameras, it's cheap, exactly. it's on sale, it's a couple hundred bucks, and, and they think that that's going to do the job. Maybe it will, maybe it won't, right? Exactly. But- we have, a, we have a, a smart home dictionary, which I'm actually pretty proud of, that kind of explains every element of, of uh, cybersecurity and smart home security. So, you know, if you're trying to, if you wonder, like, what does this mean? Um, what does field of view mean? Uh, what does uh, HDR mean? These are all elements that we explain on the website, along with what you're showing now, um, like where to place your home security camera, right? So we have those elements available to you so you can know, um, you know. Where is that on the website, Gabe? Uh, I think it's um, smart home A to Z. Maybe we click there and set safety guides. So it might be there. Because that would be awesome for people to be able to to take a look and, and have a uh, sort of a, a a guide that they can mm-hmm. go through and see. So it's on the website somewhere. We got, we got lots of great information on here. Uh, you know, how to baby proof the house and senior safety and. Yeah, that safety. was really fun. Yeah. You got a lot of great stuff on here, uh, which is awesome because the, and the reviews, uh, as I said before, really is what makes this site, you know, stand out to me and what was exciting about wanting to bring it on because People need to understand the differences in the different technologies that are out there, you know, security tech camera technologies, you know, what's, what are Nest cameras, you know, uh, what, what, what is the advantage of using something like Amazon uh, or some of these other ones or Ring, you know, and right. of course, security and, and Bluetooth technology, which is a huge problem. Uh, I talked about this just recently 
uh, with somebody where, you know, Bluetooth is a huge way to, to gain entry into somebody's cell phone. And a lot of people keep the Bluetooth on all the time. If you're not using it, turn it off. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you saw, they actually recently, people were able to uh, flood people's iPhones with airdrops and it would actually shut people's iPhones down. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, coming in through the Bluetooth. Wow. And it was really, really fascinating that people, you know, if, if there's any exploit, people will find it. If there's any place people are going to uh, take advantage of it. And, and that's why there's this constant competition between companies and people who are, you know, against it to ensure that, uh, you know, we're staying safe and consumers have their own role to play in that. Just like in real life, you have your, you know, you have the, you know, you have uh, the police, you have everyone else. But ultimately you have to be responsible for your own exactly. safety. Exactly. And you have to be, you have to be responsible. It's the same way, you know, the companies can't protect you. You have to think, you have to think on your own. Now, one of the, th the things that, you know, is a huge problem are public Wi-Fi networks. And there are some things that, can be done to secure that. So, so let's, let's, let's talk about that a little bit because that, that's important. You know, a lot of people, they're out and about, we're mobile. We all have our cell phones that we are, we're tied to, we're relying upon for everything from, you know, making phone calls once in a while <laughs> to, uh, to uh, you know, things like, you know, I mean, you could video conference on them and, you know, you're, you're doing all kinds of, of, you're surfing online, you're checking your email, you're doing all of this on your phone now and it's essentially become a mini laptop, a mini computer, and it is, you know, it's more powerful than the computers were, you know, 10 years ago in your phone. It's nuts. So Wi-Fi networks are a big problem, especially when we're using public Wi-Fi. And so yeah. let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about that because, you know, I always tell people, you know, if at all possible, don't even use them, but if you don't, 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 don't use it. Yeah. I, I, that's, that's my main thing. If you don't know, um, just don't don't use public networks. I mean, it's really difficult um, to use them safely. Um, there, I mean, even I, I don't, even if you put your USB into a public space, people can use that against you. You know, if you want to charge your phone and you go into some airport and someone's come before you who maybe is a little less than ethical, uh, they can they can actually gather information uh, in that way. Um, you know, public Wi-Fi. You, you have you have options. You can try to protect yourself um, with VPNs. Um, you can. So you let's know. talk about that a little bit because you know VPNs are, are, are a buzzword that a lot of people are talking about. For those people that are not familiar familiar with that, a VPN is a virtual yeah. private network. Uh, so you you review uh, VPN software. Uh, there are reviews on there. CyberGhost, ExpressVPN, some of the other ones. Uh, Talk to us a little bit about that, Gabe, about um, VPNs, uh, what they are, how they work, and why they are, are great for securing your devices. It doesn't have to be a cell phone on a Wi-Fi network from, you know, from attack. So, uh, no, it's a big I, question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's a big question. Um, I, I, think, I, I think the main things people understand that, you know, VPNs are, are not perfect. You know, they're, they're, they're not, ultimately, if someone is really intent on going after you, it's, gonna, it's, it's difficult um, to prevent all access. But you do essentially create this tunnel. Um, and when you get into this tunnel, uh, you're a little bit safer when you're using a VPN. And you can use them on a number of devices. You can use them uh, in the browser itself. Um, and essentially, it's there to keep your information private. Um, now, the extent to which uh, use that on a on a on a on a public network, you know, it, it adds an extra little layer of safety. Um, but I like like we spoke on. Like I think when it comes to public Wi-Fi, um, if you're not really trusting, um, you know, the place where you're located, um, even me for example, I actually always have international data, right? So I had to essentially officiate a wedding this past weekend. Actually, I was in Jamaica for 36 hours. Nice. I went to Jamaica. I got on zero public Wi-Fi's. I yeah, use my You don't know iPhone. what's going on there. You have no idea. No idea. Um, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. There, there are, they, VPNs can do a lot of uh, really useful encryption and things of that nature. Um, and, and, you know, yes, CyberGhost and these companies 
um, definitely spend a lot of money um, to help their um, users remain anonymous, right? Um, and and th that's really useful. And I, I definitely use a VPN uh, for a lot of things that I, I work on. Um, but if you're on a public Wi-Fi, I, I definitely feel like the best the best course of action is to try to avoid it. <laughs> yeah, see, and, and, you know, VPNs have always been, not always been around, but they've been around for quite a while in, in the business world, right? Especially with your mobile workers, people that are uh, connecting to the office out of the, you know, from their home office or uh, when they're on the road. And I mean, essentially all a VPN is doing is it's establishing a private encrypted connection between your device and whatever network is that you're trying to connect to. So it's not something that is this big complicated piece of technology anymore that you have to set up. It used to be, I mean, I've been setting up VPNs for years and you know, you used to have to, and, and you still do uh, to a certain extent on the, on the commercial and the business side, you know, set up uh, public keys and make sure that your encryption types are set up and make sure that the protocols match on both ends. And there's a lot of sort of behind the scenes things that have to be done when you're setting up a, a VPN for a business. Anymore, a lot of these software <coughs> companies are making these really simple solutions for people that you can use on your home uh, system, you can use on your office system, you can use on your phone or your yes. tablet. And essentially, you just download the software. Once you make a connection to a network, you start the VPN up. And now the VPN goes and, is, and creates an encrypted secure connection using, you know, on top of that layer that you're communicating on. Is it 100% secure? No, nothing is. No. Anybody that tells you differently is. Exactly. But exactly. it's going to be a world of security greater than jumping on an open network and not having anything encrypted. Exactly. 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 And you know, they're, I mean, this industry is blowing up and we, you know, we're, we're working on <laughs> VPNs basically 24 seven here at security. Brand. I mean, I've got multi, you know, I use them on my Chromebook, which I'm talking to you with now. I have a MacBook. Um, I even, you know, I have an extra PC and we're constantly testing these uh, under different, uh, circumstances, right? Like these different browsers, Firefox, Chrome, um, you know, we have an Android built just for this. We have an iPhone that we use just to kind of make sure that we're not missing anything when it comes to each type of consumer and what they need uh, from a VPN. So what should somebody look for in terms of features that a VPN would have? Because I mean, they all have the same basic features in terms of, of creating that secure connection. But Someone like yourself, where you're reviewing a lot of these products, I'm sure you've come across ones that have some features that you go, everyone should have that feature. Right. So this is a great, great question. I think a few elements are, uh, you know, we still want to be able to use the internet pretty quickly, right? We still want, we, we've become so, I, I remember, you know, dial up, right? I remember that. Oh, yes. <laughs> right? That, that super slow, that sound. And, and, and now I can't imagine how I existed under that, right? Like if I want to watch a video on YouTube, I want to watch it like immediately. So speed is definitely still an element that we look for uh, just in terms of uh, the overall experience. Because we don't want to use the VPN, you're not going to use it, right? If you feel like you're not, and then you're back out in the same position you were before, you've paid this money. And now you're like, well, I paid all this money, but it's too slow. I don't actually want to use it. Um, so that's, that's one element, uh, the speed, um, actually the number of devices you can use with it. Cause you know, as you've spoken, everyone has a bunch of devices. You may want to have a VPN on your Xbox and you may want to have it on your iPhone and you may want to have it on your Kindle and you may want to have it on your two computers, you know? And so you want to make sure that you don't have to pay an extra fee or, or, you know, or at least it's low if you want to add more devices. And especially if you do an entire family, you want to look at what the family um, deals are. Another element is you may not want to do everything on a VPN. You may want to have the ability to, as we call it, split tunnels. So you want to be, do some things on a VPN and you want to do some things uh, on the public network. You're fine with it. Um, and for that, you are going to want to uh, make sure split tunneling is available uh, to you. And, you know, there are other elements, um, you know, some less legal that people have for, you know, wanting to use VPNs in certain places. Maybe it's uh, accessing content, right? Um, maybe you want to watch something that isn't in the United States. Maybe it's you want to watch the New Zealand uh, Rugby League and it's just really hard for you to get it. So maybe you're the kind of person who's like, I want a, my VPN to think I'm in New Zealand so I can get on the New Zealand broadcaster and watch these matches. 
right? So these are these are the rugby. I'm a former rugger. Did you play rugby? Uh, I'm a soccer guy, but I um, spent okay. a lot of time uh, in Argentina, you know, France, South Africa. So these are big rugby countries. South Africa, uh, oh yeah. So yeah, I miss rugby, man. I'm still a social member. <laughs> <laughs> My days of playing are gone. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I think it's really fun. I you know I I almost I really wanted wish I could have gone to Japan this year for the for the World Cup. That would have been really cool. Um, but, Absolutely. Uh, and then you have to secure yourself while you're there, right? <laughs> have to. Uh, you're not. I, I went to Japan last year, and uh, once again, I basically didn't do any. I didn't do. I had my phone, and I used it like I used it here. Basically, I didn't do anything on any public networks, even though you know it's definitely more technologically advanced, and even it's a very safe country. Ultimately, like Japan is one of the safest countries in the world. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so I think, and 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 those are the kind of things I'm looking for. I'm looking for that speed. I'm looking for split tunneling. Uh, I'm looking for the number of devices I can use. Uh, those are the elements I, I'm kind of looking at for an app um, or, or for a VPN. And even, yeah, the app experience itself is also important. You know, you want to be able to just tap and boom, I'm now in India or now I'm in, uh, you know, Australia or now I'm in Brazil. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's where I'm able to go with my VPN. Now, you bring up uh, something that some people may be going, well, why would I want to do that, right? Isn't that something that a criminal wants to do? Like a criminal wants to pretend that they're in some other country maybe because they're trying to do some sort of you know, ransomware or cyber attack. Maybe explain why that is something that you would want to do. I mean, you mentioned one thing about maybe watching a show or something. What are, what are some other maybe reasons why somebody would, would want that capability? Uh, I mean, just to to throw everyone off. I mean, there's there's a number. You know, I, I had a call recently with uh, this uh, gentleman who works out of uh, Israel, and they were basically talking about everyone is essentially coming up with your profile. So your profile is like this is your IP address. This is when you go to your. Uh, this is when you go to Gmail. This is when you go to Netflix. And in fact, there are so many points of information about what you're doing. And they can start to tell you who you are, not based on any password or anything they know, but based on what they got from your IP address, right? So they're using your IP address. And, and for people who are, who are watching, you know, that, that is essentially what's telling me what country you're in. You know, mm-hmm. if I know your IP address, I know exactly where you are. So if I know that this IP address is doing X, Y, and Z, I could, I could figure out where they're going to go to work. I could figure out what kind of things they're going to buy. I can figure out all of these things just from that. So you may want to be in a different place. You may want to, you know, uh, at least try to prevent yourself from being so easily tracked um, via, because I mean, that's just another way of gaining access to someone's information without actually having to do any hacking. Right. No, that's a great point because, you know, if you're using the internet and we all do, the IP address basically says even down to the city that you're in, uh, or the, you know, at least the region, but you know, usually the city that you're in. And so yeah. now if somebody has that piece of information and they have your name, it's going to yeah. be really easy to find you. And if you're somebody that someone wants to target for some reason, uh, you're going to be easily more easily found. And so by kind of spoofing that, uh, that location, uh, okay. Yeah. Maybe it'll screw up your local weather setting. <laughs> right. But, um, I mean, it's a small price to pay for security. You can always, you know, check that other ways. Just, you know, go to weather.com or whatever and punch in your zip code, right? So there are maybe some trade-offs, but the the trade-offs are minimal when you think of the increase in privacy and the increase in security because our lives are now pretty much out there, right? I mean, if you're online, you're out there. There's no way for you to have anonymity today when you're using the internet, you know, if you're on any sort of social media and if you're online period, there exists, you know, out there data about you, uh, your profile. If you're, you know, buying Mm -hmm. most of your products on, you know, from a certain company, whether, you know, it's Amazon or eBay or, you know, who have, you know, whatever company happens to be, they've got these profiles built up purchase habits. They know what you bought. They know when you bought it. They know how much money you spend. They can sort of, extrapolate out what they might buy next. And so, I mean, one of the things I tell people is don't buy everything on the (laughs) company, even if you can, because why should you give them all the information about you and every single thing that you're purchasing, right? Even if you got to spend a few extra bucks, 
take a certain percentage of those purchases that you might consider buying from a certain company and move them elsewhere. So at least you're not, quote, putting all your eggs in one basket, right? I mean, would you agree that's probably a good practice? Absolutely, absolutely, uh, definitely. Uh, and, and the thing is, those companies are incentivized to remove any barrier for you to want to vary it, right? I mean, Amazon makes things so incredibly easy. Um, Scary easy. <laughs> and, 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 but, you know, because they're like, okay, I can, I can understand this person's shopping habits. And we know that Amazon uses those uh, very habits to actually create its products, right? Like they actually uh, go the other direction. Most, you know, me, you know, Gabe Turner, I decide I want to make a product. I have to think, uh, is this a product that is going to work on the market? I don't know that definitively. Whereas Amazon knows from everyone's buying habits exactly what they have to make to get you to buy it. Which is, is crazy when you think about it. But I mean, when you have data, I mean, all, you have all that information, right? exactly. and they have gobs and gobs of data, you know, who knows how many hundreds of terabytes and, you know, they have sitting that they can run various uh, you know, algorithms on, you know, they can run all kinds of scenarios and, and, and look exactly. at all of that purchase data and purchase history and say, okay, people in this region during the wintertime are buying all of these, you know, winter related products. Let's market those type of products heavily to them, right? So, I mean, that's, that's sort of a real basic way that you can say, oh, wow, okay, that makes sense how they can use that, that data. But they can drill down into such specific, you know, types of products and areas and even individuals that are most likely to buy those products. Mm -hmm. And that, of course, then that drives their sales and, you know, and they make more money. And I mean, it's a good thing uh, in, a, in some respects, but it's also maybe not such a good thing in others. Absolutely. Now, businesses obviously are where VPNs really got their start. Uh, it's evolved into the consumer space. Uh, I don't know if you're comfortable recommending any, you know, specific VPN software for businesses, but uh, there are just so many out there. I'm sure, you know, listeners would appreciate at least maybe giving them uh, two or three that are ones that maybe they can sort of dive into to look a little bit more into the features and, and not have to wade through, you know, 25 of them. <laughs> Yes, yeah. I mean, we are soon going to hit uh, 25 full best VPN reviews if we're not if we're not there um, already. But uh, you know, we we do have best of a list for all these elements, and we typically do break them down by what we felt were the most uh, useful elements um, for any particular person. So I think you know the big ones are the big ones for a reason. Um, you know, we we definitely like. Um, CyberGhost and ExpressVPN and, uh, you know, PIA, which is a private internet access. I'm actually working now. This is, this is a, you know, we're actually working on a new best VPN list. I'm um, hopefully it'll come out in the next couple of months because we've just been really grinding on, you know, 20, 30 new VPNs. And it's just, a, it's just a process because it's a pretty, you know, we have to go through, we have to test each one for speed. We have to test each one for leaks test each one for how it works on a number of devices and browsers so it's a process um, and we're, we're on the way um, to getting it you know a, a new best of list but yeah this is a really solid place what you have here on the screen is a great place to start um, we really like these companies and what they've done um, and it looks know. like if people uh, click through on some of these links they'll get maybe a little bit of a discount here as you know maybe coming through an affiliate link or something for you absolutely yeah I mean that would always be great if people want if people would love to go to if people want to head over to securitybaron.com you can just head directly to that or best VPNs security Baron on Google uh, you will you know find us and and we'll basically you can not only go into our deep dives in each uh, VPN, but you can also look at our best of and see how we've kind of categorized and summarized what each of those uh, VPNs does best. Awesome. Well, again, we're flying through our hour here. Um, I, I did want also, though, uh, as we're uh, getting towards the tail end here, password managers, right? Um, I've got my own thoughts on password <laughs> managers. Uh, you, this is something else that you guys review. What uh, what can you tell us a little bit here about you know your thoughts on on password managers? Uh, should you use them? Shouldn't you use them? Are they good? Are they not? You know what what are your thoughts on that, Gabe? Uh, personally, I'm I'm actually pretty I'm pretty pro password managers for the simple reason that you know we're, we're humans. We 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 have a lot of failings. We're gonna we're, we we're gonna use um, 
the same password over and over again if we're not uh, smart no, you about can't it. do that. You can't do that. <laughs> exactly. And and, uh, and 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 we'll just default, and we won't think about it. We'll say, okay, we'll say, you know, it. We'll say, I'll change it later. That's what everyone says. They say, oh, I'll change it later. I'll use this one that I use for everything else, and I'll change it later. You're never going to change it later. Our lives are too fast. No one has the time. Um, and I find password managers as a really useful way because one, they can create the password for you. Uh, they remember it for you. And then you just have to remember the one password for your password manager. Uh, and this will help you to stay a lot safer. In fact, I mean, I would argue um, that if everyone used password managers, uh, it'd be much harder for this ring debacle to have taken place, right? Because that's essentially how people got into these ring cams. They were just using uh, passwords that were out on the internet. They, they checked them, they worked in the ring, they immediately were able to go and look at someone's, uh, inside of someone's home. Um, yeah, somebody didn't change a default password, and the default passwords are simple defined. So simple defined. This takes one company's breach, right? You, how many company breaches do we read about every week, right? Every week, X amount, X X number of passwords and X number of usernames got out there with emails. Okay, so you know, I'm sure someone at some point has gotten something from you know you, and you want to make sure that they can only get into that account. And then you know it, you get, a, you get an email from the company, you say, okay, well, let me change that. But if you've used that for a million things, how are you gonna, how are you gonna fix that? It's, it's unfixable. Right. Now, of course, the devil's advocate is, you know, a role I have to play, which is, Absolutely. well, if somebody gets my, my master password from my password manager, now they've got access to everything. This is, this is, this is true. This, this is true. They got into that. Um, you know, that's true. I, I would imagine you could, Throw on some two-factor authentication, though, to kind of help mitigate that. So, you know, for, for your listeners, I want people to understand that uh, that can work in a number of ways. But typically what it means is that you try to check in from your computer and it sends a message to your phone. Or you try to check in on your phone and it sends a message to your iPad. So you, it actually requires you to have two different devices or you can even call your phone directly um, to make sure it's you. Like a lot of people now have seen this with Google, right? So Google... Um, when you throw on two-factor authentication and you try to use Google, maybe in another country using a different device, like maybe you're, you know, oh my goodness, my phone's dead, I need to check my email. You're in the hotel, um, which, you know, maybe that's a problem in itself. You're checking your email. <laughs> but let's just, let's just say it's okay. And they're like, oh, well, let's, let's send a text to this person to make sure who it is. Or let's make sure this other device is. So if you have that two-factor authentication, I do think it can help mitigate the issues um, to some extent, but you're right. If someone has your password manager, maybe they have your iPad, um, you know, they would have access, they would have access to a lot of, uh, of information. Um, yeah, so essentially, I mean, make, make that password manager password very difficult. I tell people the longer, the better, not necessarily the more complex. So pick a phrase, you know, something like, I love Aruba, right? You were just in Aruba. So you, you right? No, Jamaica, you said, right? Jamaica. Yeah, yeah, so you can yeah. say, you know, so I love Jamaica, right? Well, you take that phrase, maybe you flip the words around, you swap out some letters, throw in some, some goofy characters, and make it long. Make it 12, 15, 20 characters Absolutely. long. Because Absolutely. most hacking programs, once they get out to about 8 or 10 characters, if they haven't cracked that password yet, they know it's not going to be worth it, and they're going to move to the next potential victim. So if you make your password very long, essentially anything out beyond about 12 characters is uncrackable. And so it doesn't have to necessarily be super complex. I mean, don't make it, you know, this is my password, right? But uh, make it so that it's longer and more complex. And then, of course, two-factor authentication is something that I recommend all the time to people. You, you ha it's a great way to further secure anything that you're logging into, whether it's a website or whether it's email or your, you know, any of your other accounts, uh, you know, and for investing or finance or banking. And, okay, yeah, it's a little bit more of a pain in the neck. Well, sure, it's one little extra step to take, but is that little extra step to take worth securing your identity? Is it worth securing your investments? Is it worth securing your whatever, right? And I would argue, yeah, it's definitely worth it. Absolutely. A little extra two minutes or whatever it takes, 30 seconds. 30 uh, seconds, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, I, 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 really, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, you, you got to have that two-factor authentication. And, and sometimes, and some, you know, and I think this is a step in the right direction. A lot of sites are 
requiring it. You can't, you can't get past it now. Mm-hmm. And that's, and there's a reason for that. Right. Cause they know it's going to significantly increase the level of security that they're able to provide to the, their customers, you know? Uh, now if, if people are interested in learning more about you, Gabe or security Baron, they can obviously go to the website securitybaron.com. And uh, there's all kinds of great information out there on the password managers and VPNs and cameras and safety guides and tips. I mean, you've got a whole host of of great information out there. I I was going through your website yesterday and I found myself getting lost in there, which is a good thing, right? It it kind of brings you down and and you find more information and good, good stuff. So uh, obviously social media, right? We we can find you on social media by searching for you. How could people get uh, more information there? Absolutely. Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, Security Baron, we're we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, but I would say the primary place you want to check out Security Baron uh, beyond the website, which has just a slew of information, uh, would be um, YouTube. We actually have a lot of YouTube videos. We're we're constantly um, building out our our YouTube. We have not only um, reviews and best ofs, but just a number of things that I think are useful uh, if you've not gotten tired of looking at me in this podcast, uh, that's the place to go. <laughs> awesome. No, not at all. We appreciate that. So that's awesome. So anybody who's interested in learning additional information, you know, check out YouTube forum, check out the website. Gabe, do you have any last thoughts for our audience before I let you go? Uh, just please uh, take the steps um, in the in cybersecurity realm uh, to make yourself safe. It's really sad uh, when people... Um, are, are taken advantage of in that way. So I, I personally find it a bit of a, a personal mission to prevent that from happening to people. Yeah, and, and I as well. One of the reasons why I have this show because people need access to good information. They need access to experts such as yourself. They need access to reviews, which is, again, awesome. And, and they need to understand what risks are out there and, and what, what they can do to protect themselves. So I uh, appreciate again. Thanks for being on Safety Talk, Gabe. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in. Thanks a lot. Sure. And, uh, you know, they can always get more information in past episodes on our YouTube uh, channel where I have these videos up at uh, safetytalkvideos.com. We'll take you right there. And of course, the uh, safetytalkpodcast.com site for past episodes and additional safety-related information. So until next time, stay safe, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Safety Talk. You can listen to past episodes and get the latest safety news at our website, safetytalkpodcast.com. Be sure to visit our other websites for free safety checklists and infographics. You can also sign up for free online self-defense training, learn about college campus safety, and find out more about Pete and how he can help educate your school or business through his speaking, workshops, seminars, and consulting. Subscribe to the Safety Talk podcast and never miss out on any new safety information. Until next time, stay safe.